A good movie trailer or preview offers us a glimpse of a film without revealing too much of the plot. We see enough to entice us to go see the movie or to stream the movie. The first two chapters of the Gospel according to Matthew, which record the birth of Jesus, function as a trailer, a preview of the rest of the Gospel. These first two chapters of the Gospel according to Matthew are not only the beginning of the story, but they contain the entire story. What we hear of the birth of Jesus is a glimpse of the full good news of who he is and what he does for us. Again, the word gospel literally means good news. And the good news is always the message about Jesus who he is, and what he does. Right from the start, Matthew the Evangelist opens the story, chapter 1, verse 1, with the words, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Right away, Without missing a beat, we learn that Jesus is the son of Abraham, which means Jesus comes from a particular family. He comes from the family of Abraham, the man chosen by God to start a family that would become a nation and eventually a kingdom. Abraham had a son. Isaac, Isaac had a son, Jacob, who had 12 sons. And this is the family of Israel. And it is from this family that Jesus comes. He is a son of Israel, and he is also the son of David. Perhaps the greatest member of the people of Israel, at least until Jesus. Because David was the greatest king, a man after God's own heart. And God, time and again, through his prophets, promises that he will send a new David. He will raise up a new king, a Messiah, who will come to set things right in the world once and for all. Jesus is this Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the great King. Matthew tells us also that the Virgin Mary will conceive and bear a son, and Joseph is to name him Jesus. Because he will free his people from their sins. Again, right in chapter 1, we learn the mission of Jesus. In fact, his name reveals his mission. 
The name Jesus literally means the Lord saves. And Jesus comes on a mission of salvation to save us from our sin, the great oppressor. He comes to set us free. He comes to rescue us from the power of sin and even the power of death. Finally, Matthew tells us that all of this is to fulfill the words of the prophet Isaiah that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. Last week, we mourned the death of Pope Benedict XVI, whose entire life was oriented around the proclamation of who Jesus is, that our God is not some distant, abstract God, that Christianity is not a set of ideas, is not a philosophy, but above all, an encounter with the living God who has a human face and a name, Jesus. All of this we learn right off the bat in the first two chapters of the Gospel according to Matthew. And even today, we hear of the story of the visit of the Magi to Jesus. And they bring three gifts. And even the gifts are a preview of who Jesus is. They repeat what Matthew has already told us. The Magi offered Jesus gold, signifying his royalty. Again, Jesus is the king, the Christ, the Messiah. Frankincense was offered in adoration of God, was used in worship in the temple. And so their offer of frankincense to Jesus signifies that he is God and he is due our worship. And in fact, the Magi throw themselves down on the ground before Jesus to worship him. And finally, they offer him myrrh, which was a spice used at burial. Again, to show us that yes, Jesus is king. In fact, Jesus is God himself. And yet, Jesus comes not only to be born among us, to live with us but above all, to die for us. The gospel is the good news about who Jesus is and what he does for us. But as we read the gospel, the story of his life, his death and resurrection, we also hear the stories of people who respond to Jesus in different ways. And once again today, we hear right at the beginning that in response to Jesus, there are but two options. First, King Herod and the scribes, the experts on the law of God, the ones who knew the scriptures up and down. 
they hear the good news from the Magi that the newborn king of the Jews has arrived. And in fact, they have followed a star in order to find him. Herod summons the Bible experts, the scribes, and asks them, where is the Messiah to be born according to the prophets? And they repeat a line from the prophet Micah. He's to be born in Bethlehem. They know the scriptures. They know the promises of God. They know the prophecies. And yet, they do not accept the good news. In contrast, the Magi, non-Jews, foreigners, follow a star that guides them to Bethlehem. And there they find something even greater than the stars. They find a little child, the newborn king, and in him they recognize someone great, great enough that they fall down and worship him. They accept the good news. And indeed, as the gospel story unfolds, as Jesus reveals himself to people, they either accept him or reject him. And as we know, finally, the authorities reject him enough to execute him upon a cross. The gospel is always a proclamation of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and is doing for us. And the gospel always calls forth a decision. Do we accept Jesus? Do we entrust our life to him with full confidence in who he is, what he has done for us, and what he wants to do for us still? Do we stand with him? Or do we reject him? Do we see him as, well, maybe a good guy, one great teacher among many, but ultimately not for me? Are we indifferent to him? Do we outright say, I do not believe in who he is or what he has done? This is the choice we face every day. And the temptation for us, the temptation for us Catholics who have access to all the treasures of the church Jesus himself established, we can be tempted to think that simply showing up every Sunday or almost every Sunday to church or sometimes remembering to pray, at least when we need something, 
or want something. Or as long as we try to be good most of the time, somehow that is full acceptance of Jesus. Remember, the great irony of the story we hear today is that those who should accept him because they know the Scriptures, they have access to the Word of God. They reject him because their hearts were closed to him and his surprises. He did not come on their terms. They could not see who he truly is. And so too for us. As we start this new year, are our hearts fully open to fully accept Jesus in our lives anew? To be Catholic, St. Benedict, well, perhaps eventually St. Benedict, but to be Catholic, as Pope Benedict taught us, is first and foremost to have an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ, to have an experience of his closeness, his friendship, and his love. Everything for us as Catholics comes down to Jesus. Are we with him fully, only partially, or perhaps not much at all? To stand fully with Jesus means not only to give him a little bit of our life, or even the majority of our life, but to offer him, the one who offered himself on the cross for us, everything. All we are and all we have. To orient every decision in our life around him. To put him at the center of our family, to recognize that He is with us still. He is Emmanuel. He is always at our side to walk with us, to enlighten us, to strengthen us, to save us. Perhaps some of you have already determined a good New Year's resolution, or perhaps you're still pondering it. And we tend to recycle the same ones, lose a little weight this year read a little more, spend some more time with my children, get better grades, whatever. There is no greater thing we can resolve to do as Catholics this year than to accept Jesus anew, to give Him our life, to choose to walk with Him as His disciple, to choose to come here, not out of mere obligation, but because we know He is the living, true God. And so how can we not come and fall before Him and worship Him? And how, too, can we not go forth from here to be His heart and hands in this world? To make Him known to all peoples. To love as He loves. This is the essence of the Gospel. To know who Jesus is to know what Jesus has done for us in His great love, and to say yes to Him in faith, to give Him our life wholeheartedly, 
without conditions, without reservations, and in turn to receive from him the greatest of gifts, which is his very life. And so as we gather this day, remembering when Jesus was first made known to the nations by way of the Magi, we ask for the grace that he makes himself known to us as we come before him now, that he give us the grace to know his presence, to know his power, to know his mercy, to know his love, so that we can indeed say, yes, Lord, and offer him all we are and have.